Natalie, uh, I hope you were able to hear all those words. Um, I know as my hearing goes, I, I would like those words to have been blasted out to us, uh, partly because it is the introduction and the conclusion of my message this morning. And so I, I hope you didn't miss that. We, Virgil is out of town today, or he would have stood up maybe and said, oh, I couldn't hear it. And we would have had you sung it, and I thought we would have you sing it again. And so I'm asking that my voice, and at least I've got my own microphone here, but um, to, if your ears hurt because I'm too loud, uh, then just cover them up a little bit. But usually it's this way, and so I, I would like everybody to hear at least the verses I read this morning. I don't have a lot of wisdom. I took notes from uh, a book I was reading that, uh, that mentioned some of this, but the verses that I read come from God, not from me. And so I, I pray that you might see that we can only live by the daily sufficiency of Jesus Christ, and he is gracious to us. And if we lose sight of what he is doing in our lives and attribute it to ourselves or whatever, that very first verse is, it reminded me of Samson, and we're going to get there in just a minute. But uh, uh, this uh, past week, maybe it was the week before, we received a little, uh, a little uh, clip. From our daughters took our grand daughters, our grandkids, to the zoo down here. And so we received this little clip, and uh, it was our three, three young ones, Hazel and Ruby and Reagan, and so three little towheads, and they're running back and forth, and they're laughing, and they're laughing, they're running back and forth of uh, an enclosure, like a, a fence. And on the other side of this fence is a mountain lion following them back and forth, back and forth. And these little girls are laughing and giggling, and they turn around, and the mountain lion will turn back and follow them along there, and they're laughing. They're having a great time. Uh, why? Because they had a fence. I mean, the, on the other side of the fence were two mountain lions, but only one was following. And he was thinking, snack, snack, snack. Uh, as he followed him along. But there was a fence there. There was a fence. I want us to see that when Peter says in 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant. You say, that reminds me of last Sunday. We started it last Sunday. Be sober, be vigilant for your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom, may, whom he may bless. No, no, it doesn't say that. Satan is not out to bless us. Satan is not out to encourage us. Peter says he's out to devour us. And looking up this word devour, well, what does that mean? It means to tear apart, to destroy, a snack, maybe. Um, and so I want us to see that Satan is serious. 
about destroying us, especially destroying our reputations. If we claim to be a believer, you better believe that Satan would like to destroy your reputation. And he has done it to many good, especially men. He's destroyed their reputation. He's destroyed their ministries. And uh, he succeeded in doing that. And so uh, he desires to ruin us, to trap us, be sober, be vigilant, watch. You know, last Sunday I mentioned how when I came in and uh, last few weeks, I drive into a church here, the, the north parking lot, and here are two bunnies. Now, earlier there used to be five bunnies. This morning there was one bunny. Now, why was there only one bunny? Uh, I don't know for sure, but I'm thinking he wasn't sober, he wasn't vigilant, he wasn't watching. Or the, some way, something got him. Maybe he'll show up tomorrow. He slept in this morning, maybe. But my point is that we need to be serious and vigilant, watchful. How will we be able to stand against the wiles of the devil? Ephesians, turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. I'm going to read these verses again. We're not going to take these verses apart. We've done that in the past. We don't have the time to take these verses apart, but these should be a reminder of how we're going to be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Ephesians 6, beginning with verse 10 and then skipping to verse 14. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Verse 14, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. In an era when there is, it appears people don't want to believe there's the truth. Oh, there's truth. There's your truth. There's my truth. Whatever we think is true is true. It's okay. We can have our own. We don't have to have any standard of truth. Well, there is a standard of truth. It is the Word of God. And if we vary from it, we suffer the consequences of it. And that is seen over and over again. But still men will uh, think that their means of truth is good enough. And their lives are collapsing. And they are committing suicide. Their reputations wrecked, even as we found in the news this morning. Uh, girt your loins about with truth. And having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Uh, your feet shod. If you're going to stand, you need to have these uh, soldier shoes on as, uh, with knobs in the bottom so you don't slip. Or you're, you're going to have running shoes, a trail uh, running shoes but that uh, they use in the ultras there uh, with more knobs on the bottom so they don't slip. Uh, above all, taking the shield of faith. Believing God's word is what it's saying here. You just cling to that. Whether it makes sense in this society or not, cling to the word of God. That is your shield. And that will protect you from the fiery darts of the wherewithal ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. 17. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I mean, all of these things kind of focus on the Word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. 
and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication and soberness and vigilance for all saints. Pray for one another. Pray always. These things will help us in our stand. Why? Because sin is serious. And I know that people, people don't believe their sin anymore. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's not sin. If you think it's right, it's not sin. And uh, they do not want to hear messages about sin. They don't want to hear about their sin. I know I don't. But uh, God's Word says their sin, and it will, Satan uses sin to destroy saints. And he's out to destroy us. Keep in God's Word is what this passage says. Keep in prayer and keep with God's people. Praying for one another. Supplication for all the saints. That's what it's saying here. Now, that's not the outline for this morning. 2 Corinthians 5 says we're not strong enough to stand on our own. When we think we are, Satan's got us. And to prove this fact, he gave us uh, lots of illustrations, but four that uh, we're going to look at this morning. We've already looked at two of them, but I'm just going to mention them. And they, uh, in my mind... I like to, to have an object. Somebody said, what do you preach on last Sunday? And uh, I say, oh, I don't know, I can't remember. But maybe if, if I remember some object. So a dumbbell, it's interesting, it's a dumbbell and this is a smartphone. It probably would be better if it was the other way around. My smartphone and a mirror and a harmonica. Now, we looked at the, the dumbbell and the smartphone last week, but just to go over this, we've been given examples in Scripture here that, uh, and remember this saying is something that if you don't have it written in the, the flyleaf of your Bible, write this down. Sin will take you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. Tonight, we're going to hear testimonies. Uh, every one of these men will say amen to that saying because they were taken further than they wanted to go. I'm just going to dabble in this, whatever it might be. I'm just going to try it. I mean, what's the harm? Uh, it's not that I can't quit anytime I want, that it takes you further than you want to go and uh, the book of Proverbs just tells us how far it will take you. It will take you into the depths of the uh, prostitute's basement and you will be there with the uh, bones of other men that have gone there. And it will keep you longer than you want to stay and it will cost you more than you want to pay or ever thought you would pay. Testimonies every day from not believers necessarily, but of those that felt they could dabble in sin and then maybe end up taking their own lives or maybe somebody else I, I took it. I, I don't know. But uh, 
come tonight to hear these testimonies from these men who lost everything. And they'll all say, I lost everything. But by the grace of God, God is restoring their lives. So, sin. What, uh, what about sin? Four truths. Sin is stronger than you are. It is strong. How do I know? Because of Samson. Uh, as Natalie was singing, very, she starts out singing that uh, all the things that I do, I, I start to think that, that uh, I am doing it. When it really, you know, God blesses, gives a gift, and then you, pretty soon you start saying, ah, oh, that's me, you know. That's Samson, the strongest man that we know of or we have record of uh, in Scripture is Samson in that there was not an army. The Midianites, the whole army, could not dis- uh, destroy him. 3,000 men, and he picks up a, a jawbone of a donkey and he kills them. You know, he's stronger than me, but he's not stronger than sin. Sin is stronger than Samson. He had all the advantages of, uh, that we have. Well, the, uh, that, uh, that I had. I, I had godly parents. A lot of you didn't have godly parents. A lot of you were raised in broken homes and harsh homes and abusive homes. And, and I know that's why we call ourselves a hospital because we're all healing in some way. And when we're strong, we help the others to heal. And so that they can get well, so that they can help us when we are hurting and need help. And so Samson was this way. Godly mom and dad. He came as a result of prayer. He was empowered by the Holy Spirit. And in the Old Testament, the, old, uh, the Holy Spirit would just come upon a person to do a, a task. In fact, in Samson's life, the Samson is there, and it says the Holy Spirit came upon him. He picked up the jawbone of the donkey, and he slew them because it was in the power of the Holy Spirit. But it wasn't long before he thought he was doing it in his own power. He forgot where his strength came from. He thought it was his own. Uh, another uh, danger, another thing he did, it was he isolated himself. Uh, he did not hang around other believers. And so, uh, not his own people, the, the Israelites. He didn't even uh, hang around them. He looked, always was looking at the, you know, he, he said, go, I, I want that girl to be my wife. And it wasn't, he, his dad said, but, but Samson, son, uh, she's not an Israelite. I don't care. And he didn't care because he was strong. But sin was stronger than him. And uh, he died a humiliating death. Sin is smarter than your smartphone. Uh, Sin is smarter than you are. Sin is smarter than me. How do I know? King Solomon. The smartest guy besides Christ that ever lived on this earth, at least that's the testimony that's given to us in Scripture, then... uh, uh, he loved God, started out loving God. He was given wisdom because of his uh, love for God. And God, he gave out godly advice to everyone. And he left his mark for God 
by writing Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and Song of Solomon. What, a, a, what an intelligent man. And uh, he preached great sermons. Yet it says that he left his love for God. He built up his armies. He made alliances with kings. To fortify the alliances with kings, he married their daughters until he had 700 wives. And uh, they, uh, he sealed the deals with those marriages. They brought in their gods, and Solomon followed after their gods. Sin was smarter than Solomon. Sin is smarter than you. So if Satan can tempt you to sin big, if he can't tempt you to sin big, he will tempt you to sin little, little sins. This is just a little one. Is that what your sin is? You know, well, it's, it's not really that bad. It's not hurting anyone. Uh, and it's just small. That's how it started with Solomon. So uh, he can out, sin can outsmart us. Sin is stronger than you are, Samson. Sin is smarter than you are, Solomon. Sin is prettier than you are. That's... Uh, the mirror, you know. Yeah. Okay. All right. No, sin is prettier than you are. Uh, maybe it's, it would be better to say sin can woo even you. Sin can entice even you. How do I know that? King David 2 Samuel 11, 1 through 5. Go ahead and this will help you wake up just a bit. 2 Samuel 11, uh, the first five verses. You want to just turn there or even see if you can find it on your smartphone. That's where a lot of them do that. Or just listen as I read these verses. And it came to pass, after the year was expired, at the time when kings go forth to battle. There was just an accepted time that during this month, or however long it was, that all the kings would go out and, and capture cities uh, in the countries around them and, and plunder them and, and benefit from them. Uh, they would just do this. And so when the kings were to go forth to battle, David sent Joab. Uh, that was his captain. And his servants with him and all Israel. And they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Reba. But David tarried still at Jerusalem. Now, normally kings would go with their armies. And it came to pass in an eventide that David arose from off his bed and walked up, on, up upon the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman washing herself. And the woman was very beautiful to look upon. And David sent and inquired after the woman and one said, Is not this Bathsheba the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? And David sent messengers and took her. And she came in unto him, and he lay with her, for she was purified from her uncleanness. And she returned unto her house. And the woman conceived and sent and told David and said, I am with child. Sin can woo even you. A man after God's own heart. That's his reputation. He wrote psalms that said, My delight 
is in my God. Over and over again through the Psalms, you read how much he loved God. And sin was able to woo him. It was prettier than David anticipated. It attracted him. I don't know why David stayed back when his armies went to battle. I don't know why David woke up in the middle of the night. I just imagine that it was Satan going, hey, wake up, wake up. And every time he'd go to fall back to sleep, hey, no, no, don't fall asleep. Get up and walk. Uh, and, and he got up and walked on the roof of his house, and uh, somebody whispered, hey, look over the edge. Look over. What do you see? And it began as uh, something that David didn't intend to do. We don't know why he took a second look, but he did. Uh, we don't know why he lingered there until his heart was fixed on her rather than on his God. But he did. He lingered there. A look that began, uh, began with lust in his heart, uh, maybe just out of curiosity. But then that second look, out of lust, and led to adultery, lies, conspiracy, murder, and a cover-up. And though he would repent, and though he would be drawn back into the arms of God because of God's grace only, his mercy, he suffered the consequences for that sin in his nation. Joab blackmailed him from then on. From that time on, because Joab knew what David did. And Joab did whatever he wanted. Uh, David said, don't, uh, don't have my son Absalom killed. It didn't matter. Joab had him over the barrel. So he suffered the consequences in the nation. He suffered the consequences in his family. His family became a mess. Absalom leading a rebellion. Dying with his hair in the trees. Uh, Amnon raping his half-sister Tamar and then being murdered by his uh, half-brother. His whole family was a shambles. Why? Because sin was able to woo him. It was prettier than he anticipated. And the consequences, the son that, they, uh, that he had with Bathsheba dies. And so... Uh, David shows us that sin is stronger than we are. Satan is a master at twisting what God creates for good and making it something that will destroy us. And he, he glories, he revels in that fact. He, uh, James says uh, Satan's a master at making things look attractive, beautiful, and it will get you. It is on a hook. And it will catch you. Seek sin and you will find it. And somebody wrote this. And I thought it was something I need to remember. Temptation most often enters through a door intentionally left open. You get that? 
Temptation is uh, most often enters through a door that we intentionally leave open for it. And if we're not cautious, if we're not careful, if we're not sober, if we're not vigilant, we will open these doors hoping that somebody walks through there to satisfy uh, something of our lust in some way. Uh, I've counseled a number of men not not to hide pornography in your house thinking that just in case, I'm dealing with it now, but just in case I go back to it, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to keep these. And it does not work. It needs to be destroyed. Uh, it's kind of like, the, and I, I tell this often, about the man who was, was obese, and so he was going on a diet, and he, he was... Uh, he was uh, he was praying, Lord, I, I I've got to lose weight, and so he was doing pretty good. And then one day he said, Lord, uh, I've got to drive by this donut shop this morning, and so if you want me to stop, let there be a parking place right in front. And sure enough, after ten loops around the block, a parking lot. You know that's some way. Uh, Satan is out to woo us, to destroy us. Don't drive by the bar that you, you used to go to. That's the message you'll hear from the Teen Challenge group. Don't go back to the group of friends that, uh, that provided the drugs. Don't, don't go into the presence of this, uh, what used to have its talons in you because it can get those talons back in you. Uh, Solomon says, don't linger near the house of the prostitute because you become dead men's bones just like all the rest. So if sin can woo a man like David after God's own heart, he can woo you as well. Sin is deeper than you. And by that, sin knows how to manipulate your emotions. Now, a violin really is the instrument that, but it would be harder to have a violin up here. But a harmonica, for me, is like this, this uh, gets me emotionally because both my mom and my dad played the harmonica. And they would play often. In fact, uh, I was doing mom's funeral out in, in Missoula, Montana, and... At the end of her funeral, mom played her harmonica for us. Now, she didn't physically get up and play, but uh, that would have been frightening. Uh, but she did. Uh, one of a friend of hers had called her, or had gone to visit mom and asked her to play the harmonica uh, another time, and he had recorded that on his phone. And at the close of the service, uh, we played the music that mom played. It, it gets me emotionally. It manipulates me. In a, in a movie, a, a Hallmark movie, all I have to do is bring up the violin and I start to cry. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, maybe you do too. 
the harmonica can, and the violin as well, it can take you from, from uh, toe tapping and a good spirit to, to drop you down. Satan is a stronger, uh, can, or sin can manipulate you more than a, a violin or a harmonica. It can uh, manipulate your emotions. How do I know? By the name, a guy by the name of Elijah. He has a great victory. He, he goes up against uh, 450 uh, prophets of Baal. And he wins. Well, he doesn't. God does. And he's just, man, he's flying higher than a kite. And, and he's just, he's won the victory for Israel. And Israel can be turned back. And then the 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 words from the queen, Queen Jezebel, says, uh, I'm going to have your head on a stick by the end of tomorrow or by the end of the day. And so what does he do? He's just beat 450 men, and one woman uh, sends him, plays uh, the violin, and, and she plummets, or he plummets into despair. Now, there are some reasons why. Once he was exhausted, he ran all the way, and he, he uh, was hungry. Uh, these things attribute, uh, you can, can manipulate your emotions. But sin can manipulate our emotions. He's ready to give up. He runs to the wilderness. He lays down under a tree. And he says, Lord, I'm no good. I haven't done, you know, I can't do anything right anymore. I'm no better than my father's, and I am alone. Hey, do you have any of those tendencies? Uh, is Satan able to use those things? In a, it's an epidemic in our society today. I'm no good, I'm rotten. Uh, some mask their pain and their isolation, their loneliness by cuttings, usually on their arms, but sometimes on their legs. Uh, some uh, just go into periods of depression, don't go to the doctor and receive some medication that can, can help those feelings. Satan uses that. Uh, but what's epidemic is the rate of suicides in our young, our teen world and preteen kids. I'm no good. I can't do anything right. Why am I even here? Have you ever thought that? Uh, so there's nothing for me to live for? Yeah, it's, uh, it is epidemic. Some lies that Satan uses, you're no good. You're no better than your father, same as Elijah. You're useless. God can't use you anymore. Look what you did. God will never forgive you. These, these are all lies. You're alone. Just end it. End your life. Now, we don't stand a chance against sin. Uh, that's the message of the Bible for us today. We can't do it alone. Really, we can't. We have got to put on the armor of God. We've got to spend time in prayer, and we've got to spend time with God's people. Ephesians chapter 6. But I want you to know that the real action hero is Jesus Christ. 
See, Samson carried the gates of a city because they had locked him in and they were going to kill him in the morning. He carried the gates of the city up a hill because he was so strong. Jesus Christ carried the sins of the world to the top of a cross and died for us. He uh, carries the galaxies, the planets, and the stars on his shoulders. He is stronger than Samson, because Samson isn't stronger than sin, and neither are we. Jesus is wiser than Solomon. He created us in his own image. And uh, we are told that we are a million times smarter than the best computer that's ever been invented. Jesus is more devoted than David. Not once did he betray his father, uh, even though it meant dying on the cross. Jesus is deeper than Elijah. He dealt with his emotions by the word of God and by accepting the comfort of an angel when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He accepted that. We're weak, but don't despair. We have one greater than sin residing within us in the form of the Holy Spirit. If you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ, if you cried out to him and believed that what he did, his work on the cross, was sufficient to pay the price for your sin, uh, he outsmarted the tempter by claiming Scripture. He rejected the wooing of sin by humbling himself on the cross. And he's given to us eternal life. He intercedes for us. He is the hero in this. We cannot do it on our own. But we have Jesus Christ to help us in the battle against sin. Let's pray. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, I, I do not know your heart. I barely know my own heart. And sometimes it deceives me. But you, you at least have a semblance of knowledge of your heart, and God knows your heart perfectly. He knows that your heart, like mine, is, is deceitful and desperately wicked. Have you ever asked Christ to forgive you of your sin and save you? He's promised that he will save you. He sacrificed himself so that he might save you, that he might pay the price that will make you acceptable in the eyes of a holy God. He takes your sin and gives you his righteousness. If you've never done that, you need to do that today. That's the most important decision that anyone can ever make because it counts for eternity. You'll never stand a chance against sin if you have not trusted Christ as your Savior. You will fall. We barely can make it with the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. And over and over again, we ask, have to ask him to forgive us because we are not strong. But when we are weak, then God can be strong. So what is your need this morning? Maybe it's for a Savior. Maybe your need is to recommit your life to Jesus. Maybe your need is to say, I've got to get rid of this sin. I cannot play with it any longer. Little snakes grow up to be big snakes. And, I, and I, can't, I can't play any longer. I've got to be sober. I've got to be vigilant. Maybe that's your prayer this morning. Lord, you know our needs. I'm asking that the Holy Spirit might convict us, draw us to you. 
in a closer way. And I ask this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.